Hiya, um, and welcome back to the uh, Rambling Astronomer. Um, that's me, and we're continuing our journey looking at astronomical asterisms. I'll tell you what, I didn't realise quite how many asterisms there are in the sky. There are loads, so uh, if you've enjoyed the ones so far, great. If you haven't, well, there's quite a few more to come yet. Um, an asterism is a pattern of stars within a pattern of stars. Astronomers group the stars together in what we call constellations. There are 88 of them in the night sky. And sometimes within those constellations, there are smaller patterns. You could almost call them like sort of semi-constellations, if you want, or miniature ones. Um, but they are asterisms. And probably the most famous of these asterisms would be the plough, uh, which is part of a constellation called Ursa Major or the Great Bear. A lot of people tend to think that the plough is actually a constellation on its own, and it's not. Today, we're going to have a look at a very, very famous asterism in the sky, and it's one that a lot of people would recognise, even if they perhaps haven't been able to identify it. And I'm talking about the square of Pegasus. Now, Pegasus is the winged horse in Greek mythology, born from the blood of Medusa after she was slain by Perseus. Um, and Perseus and Pegasus are actually all autumn constellations although Perseus is like sort of an autumn and winter constellation um, and in fact if you've ever seen the film The Clash of the Titans then you'll know the story uh, I'll just quickly relay it to you anyway because Pegasus is an important part of it we have a queen called Cassiopeia and that's a constellation and uh, she's married to King Cepheus that's a constellation and one day she manages to upset uh, Neptune, who is god of the sea. And Neptune decides to send a giant monster, Cetus, to attack her land. The Cetus used to be called the Kraken, and now it's simply a whale. Um, and the sea monster, or the Kraken, um, was going to attack her land. And Cassiopeia is told the only way to save her land is to take her daughter Andromeda, which is also a constellation. This is going to become quite familiar, isn't it? Um, and... Andromeda was chained to a rock and Cassiopeia was told the only way that her land could be saved was if the monster could eat her daughter Andromeda. Everything seemed lost. Um, Andromeda's chained to a rock. The monster appears. But at the very last minute, our hero Perseus, riding the winged horse Pegasus, both constellations in the autumn sky as well, arrived on the scene. Perseus, as we just seen, killed the Medusa. And the Medusa was a creature, if you looked at it, you would turn to stone. Medusa's hair was made from snakes. Luckily, Perseus still had the head of the Medusa with him, um, so he pointed it to the monster. The monster turned to stone, Perseus landed, rescued Andromeda, and they were married happily ever after. Now, you can see all of these constellations in the sky, and if you've got an, an astronomy app on your phone, or you've got a star map, you can actually see where they are in the night sky. So let's get back to the square of Pegasus. Um, and it's um, probably, in some ways, it often gets thought of as a constellation, just like the plough gets thought of as a constellation in its own right. But it's not. The square of Pegasus is simply part of that constellation of um, Pegasus, the flying horse. And again, it's an ancient constellation. It was uh, an ancient Greek one, so it's been around for certainly a couple of thousand years. Now, some reason... and. Some of these pictures in the sky, you, you've, you've really got to give it to the ancient astronomers that had loads and loads of imagination because for some reason, 
Pegasus, the flying horse, is actually flying upside down in the sky. Uh, anyway, that, that's that's it's, it's quite strange. But that's what it is. And another strange factor about um, the square of Pegasus. Now, if you talk about a square, you talk about four points. So you think about four stars. Well, there are four stars there, but only three of them are in Pegasus because for some reason, um, the top left-hand star of the square of Pegasus is now known as Alpha Andromeda. Um, and it's a star which, if you look back historically um, over the last three or four hundred years, sometimes it's been known as Delta Pegasus and sometimes Alpha Andromeda. And in 1930, the International Astronomical Union decided that it would remain as Alpha Andromeda, uh, which rather tends to sort of mess up uh, the whole idea of a square when you've got some... Um, only three stars from a particular constellation. I've mentioned some letters from the Greek alphabet, and I'll always just throw in a little piece of information as we go through these uh, asterisms. So back in the year 1603, the German astronomer Johann Bayer introduced a system whereby the 24 brightest stars of each constellation was given a letter from the Greek alphabet. The brightest being Alpha, then Beta, then Gamma, all the way down to Omega. And if you listen to any of my astronomy, sorry, I, these are astronomy podcasts. I wouldn't say my constellation podcasts. You, you'll know we, it doesn't always work out in that particular sequence. So let's start off, shall we? Um, and we're going to start off, um, well, we're not really going to do the top left-hand star um, because that is Alpha Andromeda and its name is Syrah and it means the horse's navel. Um, so clearly it's nothing to do with a princess chained to a rock. It's more to do with the horse. But because it's... Um, well, I tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll just give you the, the facts about it anyway. Um, it's a B-class star, so it's much hotter than our sun. Um, it's um, around about 100 light years away. And it's a magnitude 2 star, so it's the same brightness as um, the North Star. Now, I have to say that the square of Pegasus, um, if you look at a star map or look on your astronomy app, it does look dead easy to find. And once you identify it, it actually is easy to find. But the, the square is actually a lot bigger than what people think. And the stars themselves, although they're fairly bright, are not the brightest stars in the sky. So I just need to sort of mention that. Okay, let's now go um, from the top left-hand star, which is um, Syrah or Alpha Rats, which, is, which we know means the horse's na navel. It's also Alpha Andromeda. Let's go actually to the stars in Pegasus. And let's go now to the bottom right-hand star of the square, which is Alpha or Markab, which means the saddle. That's much more in keeping, isn't it? Um, and... Um, it's slightly fainter, it's a magnitude 2.5 star, and it may well be a variable star. It's an A-class star, so again, it means it's going to be hotter than our sun, um, and uh, it's about 130 light years away. Uh, the top right-hand star is Beta, or um, Shat, uh, which means shoulder. Uh, and again, horses have shoulders, so that's okay there. Now, this one does vary in brightness, very slightly between magnitude 2.4 and 2.7. So you would just notice a little, a little variation if you was observing it. It's a red star. It's an M-class star. Um, and this now means it's cooler than our sun. And it's nearly 200 light years away. And the bottom left-hand star that makes up the uh, the square of Pegasus, Gamma, or Al-Ganib, which means the wing, um, because don't forget, oh, it's a horse which has got wings, it's a flying horse. Um, it's um, 390 light years away, another B-class star, another star much, much hotter than, than our sun, and its um, magnitude is 2.8, so it is, say, probably the faintest of the four stars which make up the, uh, um, the, the square. As I say, it is just strange to talk about a square, the square of Pegasus, where only three of the four stars are actually 
from that particular um, constellation. But there you go. Uh, and when I'm talking about these various classifications of stars, um, B-class stars, um, they're going to be sort of the bluey white stars. So they're going to be typically 15, 20,000 degrees. The red stars typically sort of three and a half thousand degrees centigrade. Our sun, which is the yellow star, around about 5,800 degrees. So sort of sits nicely in the middle. Um, one of the things um, that we mentioned, the square, um, and uh, th there is one star which is worthwhile mentioning, um, which is very, very close to the square, and it's uh, 51 Pegasus. And uh, number 51 comes from the Flamsteed catalogue, which was uh, um, produced by Sir John Flamsteed in the 1670s and 1680s. He went through each constellation, um, giving numbers to each of the stars. Um, so 51 Pegasus is just outside the square. It's halfway between uh, Beta and uh, Alpha, i.e. top right and top and bottom right. And in 1995, astronomers announced in the journal Nature, one of the most prestigious scientific um, journals around, they discovered a planet around this star. Um, we now know that uh, many, many stars have um, planets going around them. Um, I think well over 4,000 planets were identified around uh, different stars at the moment. Um, another little thing to mention about, particularly about Alpha and Beta, those two right-hand stars, they act as really good guides to find the star Fomalhaut, which is the brightest star in the constellation of Pisces Austrus. It's also the most southerly of the first magnitude stars we can see from Britain. And lastly, before we leave the square of Pegasus, I will offer you a little challenge. Um, on a nice, clear, dark night, have a look at the square of Pegasus and just see how many stars you can actually see there. You might be mightily surprised about just how few stars you can actually see in that area of sky. If you get into double figures, you'll probably do pretty well. So there you are, the square of Pegasus. A square made up of three stars from one constellation and one star from another constellation. I know, it's balmy, but that's the way it is in the sky sometimes. If you have any questions regarding the square of Pegasus or any of the other uh, asterisms or anything else I put on my podcast, please do contact me on my website, www.theramblingastronomer.co.uk. And I will return next time with, if you think the square of Pegasus is a famous asterism in the sky, the next one is probably going to be one of the most famous, um, well, not say the most famous because probably the plough is the most famous, but it's really me pushing it. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the sword of Orion. Cheerio.